I'll tell you something. There's something very special about food, and actually, but this is a an off topic, but it's actually quite on topic with the month because each month also has its like food that we eat. That's very symbolic, you know. There's and uh, food is very much part of being a Jewish person. Like it's so intertwined. Yeah. It still has to do with food. First of all, we can't eat meat and wine, and we're like meaning it's not just about what you're eating, but you're not eating. And the whole idea of factor is, you know, except for Mark Hashvan, which we're going to talk about, you know, hopefully we'll get to Hashvan today. There's always some kind of related food thing in our lives, and um, I, which is fascinating because the word in Hebrew for ochel is related to the word of yehol, which means like I, I can do something, right? Like meaning food gives me the capacity to do it. It's uh, it's yukon, it's strength. Yeah. Okay. So going backwards, and I have to, I want to go back a little bit because we're in Av tonight is Rosh Chodesh Av, and um. And I know we talked about us, but I want to tell you a story that happened in Shabbat, which, uh, and all these, for me, all these holidays, like not holidays, I'm sorry, all these months, they're kind of like a one, they go into each other like a package already, we're in this. Actually, even from Tammuz to Marfashvan, it's like a whole period of time. And then we go kiss legs, and then we have to that, and then we have this like a Dharani sun, like period of Shabbat sun. So it's just interesting. So what happened to me in Shabbat? I, I went to go visit a friend of mine and we have children that are similar ages and uh, so I have a five-year-old daughter and then her daughter is in the same preschool as my daughter and my daughter she smashed her her fingers in the door oh. of my friend's house oh. yeah she's fine both of them <laughs> and the other little girl went and got her band-aids now there was no blood but she got her she got her band-aids because when you're five band-aids are the cure <laughs> so <laughs> this is so cute. We're walking home, and she says to me, Mommy, my daughter, Elisheva had so much courage. <laughs> I said, Okay, what does that mean? Like, I want to know what courage means to her. Why does Elisheva have so much courage? She said, Because she knew what I needed. She got me the band aid. Now, I wanted to take this apart. And what does it have to do with Al? Or actually, all these months of working on ourselves, the Truva, Elul, Truva, what does courage mean? And I thought about it, like I, she said, my daughter's definition of courage is she got me what I needed, right? Now, who here thinks it's a, like, think about this. Is it courageous or not courageous to say I need help? Courageous. It's very courageous, right? Usually we think it's the opposite. You know, like if I don't need any help, I'm considered courageous. But the person who says I need help is actually quite courageous because now also there's something also courageous, which my daughter was getting at is that when I see somebody else needs help, it's also quite courageous of me to help them, but not help them the way I want to be helped, the way they need the help. So what happens, we have the spies going out, they're spying out the lands, they come back, and 10 of them are like shrieking, like this is just too intense, it's too much, we can't do this. Pause for a second. What happens in that moment? You guys know the story, I'm sure. Frontlines are back. What happens? Tell me. They cried. The other people, right? They panicked, right? And I was thinking, what if in that moment, if there was a pause, and we're going to learn this actually, the art of the pause, if there was a possibility to take a deep breath and be like, what do they need? What do they want? Meaning, they just came back and they're freaking out. What were they saying? Actually, the Gemara said that they were saying, instead of me, 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 no, me, no. 
אוקיי, וגמר מסכת סוטה, They're bigger than us, right? But it says, don't read us, they're bigger than him. Meaning, who's him, God? Like, they came back, and they're saying, like, we can't go into this land because they're, like, like God can't help us here, basically. And that's also what they heard. So in that panic, when a person's coming to you, like, panicking and, and like, really having a hard time, you're going to hear what you want to hear, or you're going to hear maybe a little bit more and try to hear what they're saying. So in that moment, if they had stopped and said, wait a minute, to the you like we know we have a promise and also we're saying no no Hashem's promising us something you see they weren't saying that what they were basically saying is that we're scared but the reaction to that was like crying panic and, and weeping so if I have somebody in my life who's acting scared sometimes my reaction when I hear that I want to pull away or I get scared I get very scared I start but actually what that person needs is actually for me to hear What are they really telling me? Like, how can I help them in the way they need to be helped? So I, I think it's been a very important thing because we're entering the month of Av, which we talked about the month of Shemiah. Shimon is the tribe of Shimon. It's the month of Shemiah, the month of hearing. And the whole tikkun of this month is like, what are you hearing? Are you really hearing what the other person needs? Are you hearing what you want to give to the other person? Or how you want to interpret what they're saying, what they need, or what they do, right? And uh, the idea of korban, Right? I don't remember if I said this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if it's repetitive. This part. The idea of korban, right? Korban. So we have the word kerev, which is a, a sword. Korban is a destruction. And the problem is, the problem of destruction is what happens when we have a destruction? There's no chibor. Right? Which means connection. There's no coming together. So this month is about connecting, but how do I connect? I want you guys to pay attention to how you're hearing people and what are you hearing? Like, are you looking to make these connections with trying to hear the positive, trying to connect in that way, or just trying to connect how is this person needing help? And also the Chorban within myself. Sometimes I'm not even listening to my own self to see what I need. What do I really need? Not like what I'm trying to just like brush it away, but what is really going on inside of me? What do I really need? So that um, concept of that reflection of the listening, you know, gives us also the preparation for that. We were talked about last week, this whole month of Elul, of the connection of coming, like the, the you know, trying to come back to Hashem, knowing that Hashem is so near to us. He wants so much to have a relationship with us. We're working this 45 days we mentioned of Tuba'av until um, Rosh Hashanah of just, trying to get close. So any questions about that? Actually, before I go on, any questions before I go on about that? Okay, so now we're going on to, uh, to Tishrei. So Tishrei is so packed and loaded that I, we're not going to spend actually a lot of time on it just because it's like each Chag in Tishrei is all five shirin, right? And I feel like also, yeah, So I feel like we did a we did a lot of of last time. I only have this class and the next class. I have to get through so many months. But um, I want to give you a project, which is actually like a cool project, is like 
meaning take the next three days, which would be like today, tomorrow, Shodesh, and on Wednesday, and I want you to look for something, like even if it means Googling it, one article that you really, really like, really reading that article, absorbing it, and share it with other people. That's your homework, Mina. Mm -hmm. Because um, the it's the layers. Like we can constantly be peeling layers on, on the month, but I just don't have enough time on the bush. So we... Um, Okay, we talked about, remember last week, we talked about the idea of mochel, the dance, right? And forgiveness and the relationship and that's Elul and going into Tishrei. So what's Tishrei? Tishrei is the month of the balance, right? Where things are constantly being weighed. You know, the, the imagery of, uh, it's like a little kid's imagery, I think a little bit, like of having the sins versus the um, the mitzvahs, right? Versus the Averot. But and the reason why we're giving this imagery is because the Rambam tells us that like, it just takes one thing and you're gonna ship the skill. However, I have to say something about that. I think in our generation, we have to have an understanding of something. Every single act that I do that's good, it's recorded. It doesn't get wiped out by something that I make a mistake upon. It's, it's not like this balancing. That balancing is just to give us an imagery to motivate us to want to do a little bit better so we feel like we're tipping the skills. But it's not like we're supposed to be thinking of, okay, I made a mistake, that's it. I, I wiped out all the good things that I did. Like, okay, let's go home. Like, uh, it's very discouraging. No, every single thing, which also means that like, you know what? I'm not holding in that place right now, but let me think how I could be holding getting towards there. Or let me think what feels comfortable to be right now. Every single, why does it say that everything is recorded? It's not to be out of like fear in the sense of like the camera's on watching every single thing you're doing that you should be afraid. It's the opposite, I think. It's also to build this up. It's to know that every single thing that only Hashem knows it was hard for you, that smile getting out of bed that was hard for you today, no one knows about that, but I'm telling you, there's a bunch of them doesn't. That he's running down, right? That's the idea about the balance. Um, there's this also that it happens to be that um, I want to focus on something. Um, uh, it's, a it's a teaching that I think like we should focus on because there are three aspects to the tefillah and Rosh Hashanah, right? There's the shofar. There is the idea of the chonot that we're remembering, the shofar. Um, and now, wait, one second. Shofarot and nachuot. Right, thank you. <laughs> so there's these three concepts that, okay, Hashem is the king. Right, which is also like I have this imagery, he's like sitting there, you know, each person is passing by, like this imagery, he's the king, he's passing by, he's judging the whole world. Right? You have this idea of that Hashem is like remembering everything that we use Rosh Hashanah to recall that you should remember the 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 Yitzchak. Because we want Hashem to like remember that, to remember that, like, wait a minute, Hashem, we're very precious to you. Don't forget about us. Like, don't forget about our forefathers that they did. And then we have the idea about Shofarot. Now the shofar, the word of shofar has a lot to do with shikor, which was is to you know to get to better yourself. It's also an idea of like we have a lot of symbolism of being humbled on Rosh Hashanah because you have the bending of the shofar. There's so much, so much, so much. We would, just with the word shofar, which is also meshapir, that actually the annex fluids is also the idea of being reborn is the shofar. But there's one I want to work. On, I want to focus on actually, which is about this idea of memory. What does that mean to recall memory? Because I think this is going to be our sort of our voda in this time which is what I want you guys to know you have a choice of what you want to remember. This is very powerful to me. I happen to be when my father passed away, my aunt told me this. And she said, you know, Alana, right now you have a couple of directions in front of you of what, and she said, you're going to choose what you want to remember, what you don't. And I was like, how could I decide what I want to remember when I don't? I have memories coming, 
they're going to come to me. Like, how can I choose? And then I thought about that. I'm like, you know what? How does a person choose anything, right? Tell me, how do you choose to remember something or not? You spend time on it, right? So if I were to have two cups right now, I don't. But if I were to do a visual demonstration for you right now, I had two cups of hot water. And I take a tea bag and I start dipping it inside one cup versus the other cup, which is going to be darker. The one I spend time dipping it, right? Which means it, that's, a, that's like a mashal, it's a parable to my thoughts. The more I'm thinking about something, the more I'm going to get stuck on it. So that means that I actually do have a choice when I want to remember. So as I'm standing before Hashem, on Rosh Hashanah, which there's so much there about the newness and the back. And again, there we go back to food, Rosh Hashanah. You know, we have all these symbolisms that have to do with the things that we're eating, we're bringing into Rosh Hashanah. Then the apple and the honey and the pomegranates for mitzvot. And we have the, we do the head of the sheep. Um, other people do head of a fish. We have the different kinds of key. Well, we do quiches, you know, the leeks or the beet leaves or the beets or the carrots, whatever you want to do. It's all about symbolism. It's all about like how I start off on this day is actually going to have an impact. So I want to ask you two questions. Number one, it said that everything's decreed on Rosh Hashanah as far as your livelihood. So then how is that motivating for me to do anything differently during the year in order to get um, different livelihoods? Does anyone have any ideas? Like if everything's decreed, let me repeat, everything is decreed on Rosh Hashanah. So then why do I bother during the year to do anything? How do I change it? What, what is changing? By your actions. Right. So but, but how, like what's, what's going to change it? It's decreed. It's a very, very specific. It's like, it's really crazy. Everything is, the, the amount of money you're going to make is decreed. It says. I know, like, how do you know what is decreed for you? Like, oh, how much? No. How do you, you don't know? Wait, wait, how, 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 wait, wait, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the question. So you said that everything is, what you get for that year is decided on that day. Yeah, it's, it's but except for what you spend on Shabbat and Yom yes. Everything. So how do you know? And what, do you know? Do people know how much? I don't think any of us know. Oh. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to talk about it? Um, is it because the good question? Point, like, we don't know. So if we don't know, then whatever we do, like counterintuitively, counterintuitively affected that decision because we don't know the answer. I'm, like, I'm listening to you guys. I, I, I have my own answer, but I like your answers. Yeah. I think the way in which we spend our year, like we like work on ourselves, that factors into each other's decision making about our lives. I mean, not always, but. Right? Like, it's, I'm, I'm, there's no more. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, it's like, nobody, there's not, a, there's a number, but like, you don't know the number, but it's also like, it's decreed also who's going to live on our I family. know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like wild, right? So, Yeah, 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 it totally makes sense. Um, I mean, you say that like every day gives you like a second chance for us. A hundred percent. Same as they boy shoot you say every day. Yeah, like better than we did like than the day before. And also like every holiday brings like a miniature like Rosh Hashanah. Everything that everyone said is true. I just gonna give my own a little bit twist on what I think, and everything that everyone said is true and beautiful. 
I think my understanding is, is that I, there is a decree, you guys, it's written. I'm going, let's say a person decreed $5,000 for the whole year. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Based on my actions, inflation, deflation, and everything's worth five cents. Meaning who's to say that that, five, that, that amount was decreed, but the bracha comes and how it's going to be used. So if I am decreed to have a $100,000 and all of a sudden I get a $99,000 tax, uh, whatever, what this thing's called. No, or, or yeah, or the opposite, like a penalty or I don't know. Any, either way, the, the amount of money, you guys, this is the same thing with everything. A person can be so wealthy and be so poor. We talked about last mm-hmm. time, know about seeing what they, you feel lacking. You feel like you don't see the self, yourself in this. So it's what am I doing with the money that Hashem gives me? And what am I doing with the life Hashem gives me? Which is also like really wild. Like what does it mean that Hashem is decreeing whether a person is going to live or die? Is it talking about literally you will be alive this whole year or you will not? Or is it talking about your quality of life, connection? Are you going to be connected this year? And that's going to change every day. If it's a new creation, if it's all, all these things that you guys said. So just my, my concept is, is that it's, I, I kind of like surrender. So it's okay, whatever I'm decreed. Because my avoda here is not worrying about what the amount is. My avoda here is just trying to, whatever Hashem is giving me, I'm going to see the bracha in it. And I'm going to utilize whatever he is giving me for good. Right? And then that is constantly changing what's going to happen. So I really feel like this month of Tishrei, we want to tap into the newness. The idea of rejuvenation. That another concept, which I thought is really beautiful with relationships, but also the relationship between you and yourself to work on is that um, you guys ever have this like kind of like you come to the same thing over and over. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I can't believe I thought I read something with this. Or you have a relationship with a friend or family member where it's like the same argument. So what do you do? You're like, okay, let me try to approach it from this side. That'll be a new thing. And then you're like, no, 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 let me try to approach it from this side. Or like, maybe I can convince them this way. Or you're having the same conversation, but it's coming back to the same thing, even though you're trying to be new about it. So here, this concept is, Rosh Hashanah, don't be new old. Be new new, right? Which means I'm not going to try to repeat the same patterns, but come to it in a different way, maybe. Like, it's the same kind of like, I think, a concept of healing. Sometimes the person is like, well, maybe I'll try this way. And then I'll do, you know, it'll make me help me feel better. Or I'll try this way. You're trying all these different ways, but you're not really a new person. You're not really actually changing anything. You're still doing, you're still, you're, you're, you're it's superficial new, but not really internally new. And I, I feel like it's asking us, Hashem is really saying, I want you to really work at being new. Like the real new, the new, new of the new, right? So, um, so it's huge. <laughs> Also, we have the concept of Yom Kippur, right? They say that there were no more, there were no two days that were like Yom Kippur and Tuba Av that were our joyous days. I can't talk about all the Chagim, but I really want you guys to go inside of these and look specifically. Also, just know that Tishrei is also the month. We have a whole entire week of Sukkot, which is actually Chag Simchatenu, right? It's literally the Chag of Simcha. We're going to actually talk fast forward. When we talk about Adar, we'll talk about what Simcha is, but it's tapping into that. For me, the idea of Sukkot is also tapping into the idea that I just want to be hugged. Like imagining the sukkah is really literally a hug from a Kaddosh Baruch So if I'm tapping into this idea that number one, what's Tishrei about? Hashem, you're so near me. I just got closer and closer to you and now it's like really us, we're together and we're celebrating. The ultimate is a celebrating sukkot, right? Come to have like reparation, forgiveness, 
you know, what does it really also mean to forgive and coming to the idea of that we're a new person is the new Hashem. We're not going to like, it's new. Everything's new. I want to bring in, this is like one of my favorite teachings um, that will tie into all these things, hopefully. So number one, I want us to talk, and it's going to go also into Mar Hashvan, which is actually, for me, the month of Rachel because that's the month that she passed away. Okay, I hope we're going to see this through. So um, this is a famous Midrash, which is perfect for us to be reading right now in Av. It's Eka Rabbah. Now, I brought the whole thing in Hebrew, but I, it's really long. Oh, wow. Maybe I made a mistake. I brought the, uh-oh. I think there was something wrong about the exact thing that I did. You guys have a whole Megillah here of Eka, I think. I didn't mean it to be so long. I, I tried to cut and paste just the parts that I wanted. But um, I'm going to paraphrase the beginning, and we're going to go to the part of the Holy Name, okay? So the beginning is that it's, it's uh, they're trying to call that, like, each person should come and help us, right? This is the instruction of the first base of Mikdash. And Yermiao is, like, going around, and he's saying, like, he can't believe it. And he goes, he starts going to people. He goes to Moshe and he's weeping. And he says, Moshe, you got to help. And Abraham and Yitzchak are in Moshe. He goes to their graves, right? Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you. He goes to each one and he says, you guys have to come help. Like, we're in exile here. We got to get back. Help us. So they go before Hashem. Each one goes before Hashem. And Hashem doesn't listen. And then the very famous, we're skipping, skipping, skipping. It's really beautiful to read this inside you guys later when you have time. Okay, skipping. To the bold, which I don't know what happened, I was cutting and pasting. There's a part in the bold, it's like a couple pages. And then we get to Rachel, right? So Hashem is not going to listen to anybody. And then all of a sudden, we come with Rachel. And it says at that moment, Rachel, our mother, interjected before HaKadosh Baruch and she said, and, right? Master of the universe, it is revealed before you that your servant Yaakov loved me abundantly, and he worked for my father for seven years, for me. When those seven years were completed, at the time for my marriage to my husband arrived, my father plotted to exchange him with my sister, right? The matter was extremely difficult for me when I became aware of that plot, and I informed my husband. I gave him a signal to distinguish between my sister and me, so that my father would be unable to exchange me. Afterwards, I regretted what I had done and suppressed my desire. I had mercy on my sister so that she would not be led to humiliation. In the evening, they exchanged me with my sister to my husband, and I transmitted to my sister all the signals that I given to my husband so that he would think that she is Rachel. Moreover, I entered beneath the bed on which she was lying with my sister. He would speak with her, and she would be silent, and I would respond to each and every matter that he said, and so that he would not identify my sister's voice. I performed an act of kindness for her. I was not jealous of her, and I did not lead her to humiliation. If I, who is flesh and blood, was not jealous of my rival, and I did not lead her to humiliation and shame, you, who are living, an eternal, merciful king, why are you jealous of idol worship that has no substance, and you exiled my descendants, and they were killed by the sword, and the enemies did them as they pleased? Immediately, the mercy of a Gadosh Baruch Hu aroused, and he says, for you, Rachel, I will restore Israel to its place. This is what's written. So the Lord says, so Hashem says, right? A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping bitterly, weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be consoled for her children as they are not. And so it's written, uh, Hashem says, restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears as there is reward for your actions and there's hope for your future and the utterance of Hashem and your children return to their borders. Okay, 
So I think it's a very beautiful midrash. It's so powerful. I've heard it like, you know, for the past years and years and years and years, and I keep hearing it. I'm so in awe of it. Because this is a tremendous talk that we're getting from Tamnuos, where we're like having to try to do a tikkun on trying to see things positively. And then we're getting from the idea of Shmi'ah of Ab, where I have to try to absorb and understand and listen to things positively. And all this like relationships of the separation and the coming together. And then we pass all these Chagim, we're dancing with Hashem, it's Simchas Torah, we're dancing with Torah, and then all of a sudden we have this month and it's called Mar Cheshvon, and Rachel Emenu passed away there. So I want to really, I want to talk about Rachel. I feel very, I feel very connected to her, even though I'm, my name is not Rachel, right? I just feel very connected to her because I feel like we call her Mama Rachel. And, and even so, I once heard a beautiful story, I, I can't remember who in the name of who, but I heard a beautiful story that the one time there was this rabbi and he went to Kara Rachel and he's telling Rachel, don't rock, cry, mama, cry. Like, try for us, don't stop crying, actually. Right, Hashem says, stop the cry, they're gonna come back. And this rabbi was saying, no, 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 mama, keep crying, keep crying. There's a very, very powerful force about Rachel Emenu that I wanted to learn from. So number one, we see in this midrash that she also, she has this quah of being silent. When also Esther we're gonna, has this quah of being silent when you're supposed to be silent. Uh, an incredible koach of tool, but I want you guys to understand something. When I'm nullifying myself, it's not a, the, we, I think we have a wrong understanding of what it means to like mevater, to, to give, you know, to be bitul, to, to nullify yourself. When I think of something like, I'll say, okay, like everyone wants to go out to grab um, uh, pizza and I want a ham and I want hamburgers, but I'll be mavater, right? No, I'll like give it and I'll go out for the pizza, right? Um, that's not really what we're talking about, right? We're, what we're talking about is a concept as I fully and totally understand what I'm doing. Number one, I'm not doing this because I think I'm nothing, I'm actually doing this from a place of so much core, so much strength that I'm really willing to show up and say you you're what's going on matters to me and so therefore i'm making a choice i mean of like be tool you understand if you're not coming from a place of strength like rachel Imenu had to come from such a place of strength and clarity what she was doing otherwise she wouldn't be rachel Imenu. she wouldn't have the power to stand before the and say it's a chutzpah no she's talking in front of Hashem and saying I know, where does that come from? Also, Moshe Rabbeinu, who was such a big tool of nothing. And also, Avram Rabbeinu came to Hashem and said, what's going on with Lot? And what's going on with Saddam? These people were fighting against Hashem. And yet they were, they nullified themselves for Hashem, which means what? It means I have to have a sense of who I am, which we talked about, you guys, from going way, way back. This whole bout is us building a sense of who we are. If we stand in Rosh Hashanah and feel like we're garbage and all the things that I did bad, if I, I ha it has to be coming from a place I have so much confidence in how beautiful I am. I have so much confidence in knowing that I have so much good inside of me that I have confidence to know that, well, I did wrong and I can do better. I have so much confidence to know that, like, wait a minute, I'm destined for this person, and yet I have the sensitivity of understanding I'm making a choice, and I'm going to give Leah the simani. It comes from so much strength in the clock to understand we call Rachel Menu, even if she's not our mother, like, even if we're from the tribe of, of Leah, all of us are really from Leah, that koach that she gave us, especially Jewish women passing down from mother to mother, that we know that a Jewish woman is Jewish. And she's the one who has the koach to give Judaism to a Jewish woman. It's the koach of saying, you can be so strong and confident and have so much self that you can be mavatir. 
You see, it's a strength. It's not a weakness. Going back to my daughter saying, what's courage? It's understanding that it's someone, I, I'm, I'm so courageous that I can step up to plate and understand that I need help if somebody else needs help. So I'd like to look inside to a scene that happened, which is also, I, I, I taught this before in relationship. And I, I think it's, to me, it's always like, so this Rachel Yenina, right? It's, it's in Bray Sheet. Does someone want to read it? This is not a whole McGillis. <laughs> so, can someone read me the scene of what's going on here? Um, it's like the last, it's the last actual page, but on starts like line number 14 and then. Okay, so what type of questions for you guys? This is like this interaction. I want to focus on the interaction between Rachel and Leah. Knowing everything we just read that what we read before about the Midrash, that we know according to the Midrash, Rachel gives all the Simani to Leah, right? I'm destined to marry Yaakov. I'm supposed to, he loves me. I'm giving over Leah. I tell Leah, these are the Siman in between me and Yaakov, according to that Midrash. What's going on here? Yeah. It's a type of flower. I think it's like jasmine. It's a fertility flower. It's ah. specifically a fertility flower. What? It's a, I mean, yeah, fertile, fertile, meaning it's an herb, like, let me, let me actually, right. It's an herb that, or flower herb that would help with fertility, fertility. So who knows what it was, but maybe it was, uh, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's, it's what it is, but I'm saying. That, yeah, 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 sorry. Um, okay, what's going on with interaction, you guys? Aren't you bothered by it? No one's upset at, at Leia? With this interaction? Yeah. So why? Why are you upset? I mean, she said, was it not enough for you to take away my husband? That you also had to quite spend magic, but she wouldn't have the husband. I know. In the first place, it wasn't for Russell doing yeah. everything that she did. And now Leia has multiple kids before Russell even has her right. too. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, like, we're kind of upset for Russell, right? Like, we're seeing this whole thing. If, okay. If I give you a present and then you come and throw it at me of like, what's well, my, you know, I don't know. It, it seems so ungrateful and it seems so mean. 
And she's got so many kids. Why can't you give some flowers here? What's going on? And why are you saying? So this is not, I'm telling you, it's not actually, this is my own idea. So, so forgive me if it's not like, if it's, if it's not actually what the text is saying, but I, I, when I, when I was seeing this, I thought to myself, you know what I thought? This is an incredible lesson because then read on what Rachel's reaction is. Leah just said something so mean to her. And then what's the reaction? I promise you shall lie with you. Stay in return for your son's grandchildren. Right. What? No, so yelling at them, like you can have them again. No, but where's the yelling? Where's the how dare you? Like, it's my husband. I want to marry. No, I was so bothered by this. I'm like, where? Play Rachel. And she's not even yelling. I would have yelled. I know me. I would have yelled. I would have been, it's not fair. What are you talking about? He's mine. Give me the, like, how dare you? So I, I was thinking about this and um, I'm going to tell you a story that had my story. Okay. I was walking the same little girl up a hill and two years ago um, and it was so hot. It was the hot of the summer, like right now in Harnalfia, we walked the hills and we're walking and all of a sudden I see this little, I mean, like this petite old man and he's wearing a scarf in this weather. And I had this like under, now he wasn't inside with air conditioning. This is outside, a thousand degrees outside, he's wearing a scarf. At that moment, I had an understanding that his reality is this cold. So imagine if I'm going to start yelling at him that you're, it's a hundred degrees outside, take off the scarf. What are you doing? It's so hot outside. Imagine me having this conversation with him and him telling me for whatever reason, maybe he has bad circulation, maybe he's, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't really matter what his reality, like meaning, the reality is it's a hundred degrees outside. Take off your scarf. And I'm arguing with him. And what is he going to tell me? I'm cold. So like, imagine if I'm trying to argue with another person's reality. I thought what's so beautiful about this text is that Rachel hops in this moment that Leah has her reality, which is that in her reality, she married Yaakov first. And in her reality, these are her son's she didn't even go there. Do you guys, we go spend so much time on the emotional trying to prove the other person that I'm right, even when I'm right. And Rachel's teaching us what's mevater, what's giving, what's like being betool and like nullifying your will. It's not nullifying my will because what does Rachel want here? She wants the flowers. So she got what she wanted. She didn't get sidetracked. And I think it's so fascinating because the month of Peshbon, when she was when she passed away, is a month of no holidays. Yud Aleph Cheshbon, Mar Cheshbon is the month of Rachel Yimei passed away. There's no distractions. Don't get distracted by the singing, dancing of Sukkot with you know Simchat Torah. Don't get distracted also even by the shofar. Don't get distracted by this and that and all your emotions and what I want to remember. Do I remember the good? Remember the bad? What's going on here? I'm working myself and then all of a sudden it's like Cheshbon. There's nothing. It's a holiday, it's a month. Why is it called Mar? Mar comes more bitter. And part of the reason why it said it's the bitter month is because there's nothing. There's no holidays. Although I'm going to say something soon about that, but there's no holidays. But yet, you know what? There's something very sweet about being bitter. There's something very sweet about taking all the emotions and just having time and quiet and check it to focus. Mar Cheshvan for me is the month where I finally like can just focus. As much as I want to be focusing in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, I'm working on myself and I have all of the rules. It's really sometimes I need the shekin. Mm -hmm. I need the also, it's very interesting. It's a time when all the leaves are falling from the trees. Things are starting to get a little bit barren. Almost things look dead. And yet you guys, you know that in the times when the things look dead is when they're actually the bearing 
is when things actually start to uh, this word like meaning come come to fruition come to come to life so we take it's a time for us I think also to reflect thing and I think Rachel also you know it's so if we were to read on right what do we see why the woman dies in childbirth and she named her son the son of my suffering. We, uh, Yaakov changed him to the son of my right hand, but she names him the son of my suffering. This is not a woman who had such a happy life, you know, according to just looking at it, you know? And yet she teaches us that, wow, even when my life is not so good and things are going so hard for me, I can actually be so strong that even Hashem will listen to me and bring back my children because I was able to be focused on my goal, which is I want a kid. And a lot of times we get distracted by so many. Yes, you know, you look confused. Or I feel like there's like two opposing lessons that we're getting. Okay. The first being when uh, Rachel like hid under the bed and gave over her voice that Leah wouldn't be found out as Leah, where it's like that the level of self nullification is just dropped. Like it's un, it's it's hard to even hear the story. Yeah. So that's extreme self nullification, and that's like lauded and praised as something. That maybe we could aim for on some level or like some kind of model to some degree. Yes, as long as it's coming from itself of her understanding so clearly, she says in the Midrash, Yaakov loved me. He worked for me for seven years. Like it was coming with such clarity that I'm choosing to do this. No one's forcing me to do Mavater. Like, I don't like it when a parent says to a kid or a teacher says to a child, be Mavater, then give over your, what? I don't see you giving over your car to anybody. Like, what are you asking a kid to give over his chips for? Like, who, who are you to be Mavater on other person's things? Like, a lot, a lot of times we, you know what I'm saying? We're asking that a person to, to give up something, but when it's coming from inside of you, it's such a cross, you know? So, okay, interesting. So, because I thought that was kind of in collision with this other theme that we're surfacing now, which is where um, this woman like sticks to her guns. She's just like, this is what I need, and like, period, right? Like, that's the story. From the I think, yes, okay. No, I think it's the same. It's again our clarity of knowing what her mission is and her vision. Meaning, a person who is so clear on who they are can also be Mavatar. And I'm so clear that I'm, she was Mavatar in our feelings. She's Mavatar on the pettiness as I'm going to fight over and say he's my guy. Does that make sense or no? What is Mavatar? To be giving up or like, yeah, like it's almost like inclining towards. It's not. That's not the word. Mavatar. It's it's being nullified. Like I'm willing to nullify, to say like I'm willing to like look past what you're telling me, in order to get my goal. And I think actually her goal also the first time was her goal was being the great person that she was. More than marrying Yaakov was her goal. We see that from the beginning. Her goal really wasn't marrying Yaakov at all. Like she's willing to give him up in order for these kids. Her goal was really being a mother, actually. I mean, according to my interpretation of what I'm reading, right? Like she had a goal or she had a vision that like, I'm gonna, I'm going to be the mother of, of, and she was, they say that she was, I mean, she is known as the mother of all the tribes, even if she didn't bear them, right? I, I, I say the koach of cheshvan is that we have the quiet, like everything's like a little bit quiet now to really think about what are my goals. Even though I told you guys to do this in Alua, Alua is more, what's my purpose? This is more like, how can I get to my goals? Yeah, always. So I want to do an exercise, but I need a volunteer also. This is going to be all in, uh, it's a, let me first tell what exercise is before you guys are there. Okay, good. Um, here's the idea. So 
um, part of a very big theme here, I hope, is that we're like really working on ourselves. And we're actually taking the koach of the, of the month, the power of the month, to use like the most opportune times to work on different things, right? To tap into that. But it's always a constant. And also, guys, look at this. It's a constant up and down of like, you go up, you're working yourself, and then you kind of forget about it. And then you go up, and you, you know, it's like a constant. Sometimes I'm working on joy. Sometimes I'm working on connections between me and other people. They have to reach a kamocha. And then sometimes it's working between me and more and like, pensive, what I've done wrong, what I'm doing right, what my focus is. So, um, and I, I want to go because I'm very much into uh, that I, I, I really feel it's important that we take responsibility for ourselves also. Like, I feel like in this, Rachel is also showing us that she took responsibility for herself, meaning I'm taking full responsibility for my actions and also whether I'm going to be hurt or not. Because a lot of times people get so hurt by what other people say to them, rightfully so. And I'm very, she's just not, I'm like the first person not crying and very sensitive. I really am. Um, and yet I've learned that I have to take responsibility for that. And, and this really helped me. Like you want to stay focused on your goal, okay? So part of this is a mind-body thing. And we're going to have a beautiful volunteer. Yeah, you can do it. Okay, I want you to come up because, okay, so this is like a mind-body thing that we're kind of all going to tap into, but we're having a volunteer. So you can just move it. Sorry. You could just unplug it. I'm so this is an exercise that I've taken. It's uh, it's called the work. I really like it. And here we go. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I feel like it helps us. It's a tool to help us to get to this idea of, let me just stay focused on what my goal is, okay? Which is about me and my constant. So actually what I'm gonna ask you to do is to share with us something that's not so personal, okay? Meaning we're in a, like a public setting, but something that like a situation that bothers you. Anything, but that you can actually tell us about. Um, it really bothers me when people walk really slow in front of me. And they like stop in the middle of the street and I'm like standing right behind them and then I have to walk around them or I have to stop. Okay, good. Okay, so we have a situation and I'm going to be adding things because I love to embellish things and make them more glamorous. So we have a situation where we're walking down the streets and we want to get somewhere. We're kind of in a hurry and there's the people in front of us that are going very slow and it's quite annoying. It's frustrating. And what's the thoughts that are going through the mind? How do I get around them? How do I make noise so that they know that there's someone behind them? <laughs> How do they? <laughs> Why are they going so slow? Right. Now, here we go. Now, mind you, this is not like on a scale of one to 10. This is not the 10 of trauma, right? You know, this is not the intensity of feeling something very stressy. So, so this is like hopefully under a four, I hope, it's under a three. Yeah. But I'm going to ask you, where are you feeling this in your body? Um... In my hands. Okay, and I, are you noticing as you talk about it? I see a difference now you talk about it. I see a totally difference in your demeanor than when we're talking about something else. You're talking more quickly, kind of. I'm getting that vibe, right? A little bit more quickly, even like a little bit flushed. But maybe that's because you're in front of everybody. I don't know. <laughs> but like, it's meaning like sometimes when we get these things that we're upset about, we do talk quicker. We get a little bit more flushed. And you're saying you might be feeling it even in your hands, yeah. right? feel a little anxious thinking about it honestly like, yeah just because like walking down the street like going slow it's like 
like I just want to speed up and like I just want to like hold my hands so anxious I guess right you also feel myself good. yeah <laughs> I know okay so imagine this is the tea bag right that's being in the water like why can't they go faster um I need to get to where I need to get to okay so now I'm going to ask you is give me a sentence of what you would like to change about the situation like what would be better um I would like to work on like my patience of no no no, no. you're you're so good you're so good I'm talking about them to be mean like what what do you want about them I want them to go fast okay that's yeah now that's what I wanted to get to right because usually when we're having these thoughts it's, you know so we want them to go faster now is that I want to ask you something is that is that an absolute truth that you want them to go faster Is it an absolute truth that they're going slow? That's better than the question. No, they're having a normal walk. Okay, so the yes and no answer, it's just not absolute that they're going slow. Okay, now we talked about that when we think about that they're going slow, and then I wish they would just go faster, which I'm totally not in control of, unless I really push them. I mean, you could be in control of that, maybe. <laughs> um, what happens? My hands start to get anxious. I start to maybe have the heart palpitation. I start to feel a bit flat. So I'm going to ask you, how does that you? Is it making you feel stressed or not? Think that. Yes. Okay. So the other question would be is like, how do you do a turnaround? Put it on myself instead of on them. Which is what I ask myself, like, I guess why it's so important that I get to where I need to be and why. It's not important for them to take their leisurely walk. Yeah, like no, really, like it, how would I be thinking if I said to myself, "I don't have like to go why? fast; I yeah. can go slow." How does that feel? Or if I said they're not going fast, they're going meaning I mean they're not going slow; they're going at their pace. Any kind of turnaround that either we're saying I want to like meaning instead of like the other person is going, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm turning around myself. Or I'm just turning around as if they're actually, they're not going slow. They're going at their pace. That tea bag, how does that make your body feel in the same situation? Relax. A little bit more relaxed. Right. She seems more relaxed now. Not just me. So I, I feel like it's such an incredible tool because going back, you guys, what's the whole idea also about forgiveness? Yes. It does. And they just end up just get exercise. It would be more dynamic. So I interaction in classes. Um, I think we can always, I think all of us can go through these kinds of situations where this is for sure a Shalom Bay tactic. And I don't mean just Shalom Bay, I mean also Shalom Apartment Bay, that's what I'm talking about, uh, roommate Bay, is that the moment I start getting in the should, they should be going faster or they shouldn't be going so slow. What am I doing? I'm running away from Hashem's reality. I should have this more money. I should not have this, like, I shouldn't have these problems. I should have, uh, today, this morning, um, I had, we we're putting some fans in our bedroom that are just very hot. So he said he was coming at 8.30 a.m. And I had to teach, I had to be somewhere. And they didn't show up till 9.30 a.m. So he should have come earlier, right? Cause it also made me late. But you know what? There was no should, he was. Meaning, so if I have the tea bag thinking that he should have been early, they should have come earlier, they should have come earlier, they should have come earlier. It's not that the reality is they are late. 
And the reality is my body is getting very tense. So right there, I can make a free choice and say, do I want to be Rachel and focus on my goal? Which is like, my goal really in life is not to be so stressed out about being late. I mean, that's my, like, it's not one of my goals to be stressed out. My goal is not to be yelling all the time. My goal is not to be fighting all the time. My goal is not to be disconnecting. I also, between me and Hashem, I have a goal. Actually, part of my goal is loving Hashem. And I also have a goal of wanting to feel loved by Him. So I have to ask myself, am I doing this act, which we would say also this balancing act, uh, you know, the scale, is this putting me on the side of feeling more connected, which is my goal, and making myself feel more relaxed about this situation? Or do I want to, or am I on the other situation where it's like, I'm feeling bitter, angry, and upset? I think if we're very honest with ourselves, we all have the koach of Rechali to say, no, wait a minute, we have a goal here, it's called connection, or we have some kind of desire here. She had a much bigger goal. She's like goal of being in the hearts of all the, you know, of, of the tribe, of the tribes, right? So um, we have to ask ourselves these questions. We have to always go back and go back to yourselves, ask yourself, is this feeling in my body? And I really am much, very much in tune to the body. The body tells you so much when the mind can't tell you what's going on. Start feeling your face. Am I flushed? Start really, start really from now before we get into Elul and, and you know, Tishrei, before we start standing in front of like the Rosh Rosh Hashanah, the head of the New Year and thinking, wow, can I forgive that person or not forgive them? Ask yourself, is this bringing me closer or further to my goal? And how am I feeling my body about it? Because I can tell your body doesn't lie. There's a book called The Body Keeps Score. It's like a famous book for trauma. And, um, and there's a lot of chokhmah, there's a lot of wisdom about that, that Yes, Hashem Bala is a dumb chokhmah. He created man after we go to the bathroom. We say he created him with wisdom. There's a certain wisdom that's happened to your body. And if I start to feel myself getting that hormonal cortisol and like this kind of sensation, I'm I'm far away from my goal because you guys, we were actually put into this world to have a fusion of body and soul. And if my soul is feeling so uncomfortable in my body because that's not like me to want to you know to be stressed, I got to take a deep breath. I have to take a deep breath. I have to like exhale it. And I just have to say, okay, what tea bag, which cup, the hot cup, the cold cup, what do I want to be here? And like think about this imagery of the teacup when you when you come closer to Rosh Hashanah and forgiveness and asking a person, how can I ask for forgiveness? How can I be forgiven? Right? So I have to stay focused on my goal. Going to the Marchajvam, uh Rachel Meno, also knowing that yes, this is when we start during those times we start davening for rain. I didn't mention a lot of things, but we start davening for rain. Again, the idea of what's the bracha for? Meaning I daven for substance in Rosh Hashanah, which will come in actually in the form of rain, right? There's, it says that Hashem has the keys to parnasa, which is slash rain, resurrection of the dead, which is like also like, and, and birth slash, you know, bringing children into this world, which means what are these three keys about? It's like also I'm at the gate, davening to Hashem, Rosh Hashanah, give me the key. And the question is, what, what are you going to do with the key? What gates are you going to open in your, in yourself, in your heart? And other, like, what, what are you going to use that key for? What gates do you want to open? And we go into the, also I didn't mention this, but there's also the Mabul, a Kajban, you know, historically just knowing. And there's one more thing that I want to do, I want to do bring up, is that the month of Kajban also is called Mar, bitter, because it, it, it says it doesn't have a holiday in it, right? But there is a Midrash, I didn't bring here, but there's a Midrash that says that it kind of complains. The Kajban was like, wait a minute, I don't get anything. And the Midrash comes and says that, don't worry, to the month, you, the Besa Midrash Shlishi, the third one, is going to be inaugurated in the month of Kajban, right? Right. 
It's really exciting. <laughs> so what does that mean? That means that even in the moments which are the most seem like the most bitter, right? Always we have this idea also to in Tishabah, the idea that the Mashiach is going to be born, you know, is born, was born on the day of Tishabah, the destruction is the building. We have the idea that also going back, remember her name Miriam, which was Mar Yam. She was she was born at a time of bitterness, but she had the foresight and the Nevoah to see the Yam that she's going to be dancing. And also Marachajvan. And yes, we call it Marachajvan, which sounds very bitter, but uh, the bitterness is how we know the sweetness, you guys. If I didn't have bitter, I would not know sweet. Right? Any questions, comments, or complaints about these months? So the next, yes. Yeah. You just like convince yourself you so this is what so there's stop science right in our lives this is number one what's my goal here like meaning i'm in an interaction with a person and i feel my body if you can train yourself from the very first sensation of the body to tense up to just drop the shoulders take a deep breath right there your tea bag has stopped really it's amazing like with those repetitive thoughts if you also understand that we have certain stop signs in life when I have repetitive thoughts that don't go anywhere, believe me, happy thoughts aren't repetitive. They really aren't. Like, I'm not all, like, oh my God, I love the air conditioning. Oh my God, I love the air conditioning. Like, you think it once and then you thank you, Hashem, you forget, right? So if I'm having to repeat a thought over and over, it probably means it's not going anywhere. Also, if, again, if the goal is I want to get to thought and finding myself in a lot, got to switch directions. If this thought, which Hashem may put into my mind to test me, it's taking me to a place I don't want to be, which I don't want to be fighting with this person. So I know I don't want to be there. That means I have, then, then I have the responsibility to be here of the choice, take out the tea bag, and literally I would distract myself with something else, whether that's getting a cup of water, literally, like literally change my body, go do something else. Not, I know it's like you're having a deep discussion with someone, you're like, wait a minute, we just go get a drink of water. But something else, you know what I'm saying? We can all distract ourselves with something else. And then the tea bag, well, I mean, you can decide what kind of tea bag do I want now? Do I want mint? You know, do I want uh, green tea? Do I want herbal? Like, what do I want now to be putting inside? Okay. So also, I told Yafa that um, I she has my contact information. I have one more class with you guys. But if anyone ever wants to reach out to me or come to me for Shabbat, meals, I live in Karnov, uh, <laughs> which is not so really far from here. And you could be in touch with me, but I still have one more class. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.